0: A vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro
1: Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back inside the TRN Time Machine, sponsored by Retro Days. And I hope everybody got to see the Halloween special that dropped. Just this past week, uh, I got to see it live uh, Friday. Mick, did you get a chance to follow no,
0: watching on YouTube? You're just rubbing it in, Tom. I get to watch it live. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, the wife and I started watching it on YouTube. We've only got through the first tale, and we're going to watch the other two thirds of it tonight as part uh-huh. of our couch time viewing. Uh, but that first one, but you know, it never ceases to amaze me the production job Tony does on those things. Yeah, And this one was, I remember telling the wife is like, I wish somebody at one of these streaming services would see this and find it because that would make an excellent, like 13 episode series for Netflix of some kind.
1: Yeah.
0: You imagine what these two guys, Adam and Tony are doing with a virtually $0 budget or what budget is in it is out of their own pocket if right. they had a little bit of backing with the creativity they're showing and the production values they have with just working on a home computer, you put some power behind those guys. Holy, I'd love to see what they could come up with and do.
1: It was great. I enjoyed it. The The cameos, wow. They had some great cameos this year.
0: Uh, I won't spoil them. I won't, I won't spoil them. them. I'm
1: not going to spoil <laughs> them. But some, some really fun uh, in-between little cameos. Wishing everybody a, a happy Halloween. And yeah, I, I hear now you haven't got to the uh, Mel Zorro uh, song yet. No, I haven't. We got to hear it, but I think later this week they're releasing a full music video. Mm-hmm. So uh, be on the lookout for that on the Retro Days channel as we uh, get through the end of this week. But the Halloween special was great. And everybody needs to go check that out on the YouTube channel. All right, so we're uh, we're back here in the 1990s. And just to kind of start things out before we get into our top 10 and our uh, most egregious unseen movies of the 90s, at least according to FlickChart. And uh, you can do your own list at flickchart.com. We'll throw in that little plug. Uh, what was your, like, rental experience like? Do you remember, like, the first time you started renting movies yourself?
0: Yeah, uh, through the early The very early 90s, our local video rental store had gone out, so we had to travel quite a way. So we didn't really rent very many movies at that time. But the grocery store I started working at in 94 had a video store inside of it. So when I was working there, that's when I really expanded my uh, viewing habits of movies because... You know, you're in high school, but you're staying up late. I'd get off work at 8 or 9 p.m. I'd go rent a movie, go home and watch it, and rinse and repeat the next day. I was watching a ton of new releases from 94 on. And they also had the deal where you could get five movies that weren't new releases, it was five movies for five days for $5. So you could rent, you know, and catch up on stuff. You can imagine for five bucks in the days when you could get Goonies and die hard Ghostbusters and two right. others for five days and just binge watch a movie every night. So I, yeah, I was renting a ton of movies in the nineties.
1: We did as well. Uh, you know, once you get your driver's license and you start getting a little bit older and you can kind of control where you go, you know, I was down there a lot to the rental store. We had one, uh, it was actually a converted Kentucky Fried Chicken, It <laughs> become a video rental store, so we called it naturally Kentucky Fried Video, even though it's uh it was called Silver Screen. It's actually still there in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. You can go Google it, wow. Silver Screen Video, and they I'm pretty sure they still you know rent like Blu-rays, uh, physical DVDs and Blu-rays, but I obviously have not been back for quite a while, so I can't tell what they're experiences like now, but yeah, we would go down there, uh, rent movies and video games. I don't know, probably 50, 50, just depending, I guess, what was out new, but yeah, you know, you get your membership and we had the, uh, the shelves. So you had the, the box, the VHS box up front, and then you had the, those plastic cases behind it to mm-hmm. see if they actually had a copy there to rent. And uh, we'd go down there, quite a bit in in rent. Um, mainly my mom would, she'd be on me too. Oh, I want to go see this movie or, uh, I want you to go rent this movie for me. So I was going down there for her as much as I was for myself too. But yeah, it was a fun experience then, you know, when you got the, when you got your wheels, you know,
0: <laughs> well, when I say there was a video store in the, in our story, it wasn't in the shopping center. It was in the store. Mm-hmm. And so on Tuesdays, when new releases came out, uh, like in the summer when you were working earlier shifts as a 16, 17 year old, just walk back to video when they open the door and have whoever's working back there put a copy of the newest release or whatever you wanted behind the counter and you'd pick it up after work. Oh, nice. So everybody in the store done that. So when customers came in on Tuesdays to get new movies, they were already all gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, the inside track. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And uh. we
0: also knew, you know, what was coming and how many, because you can just stroll back here at break time, and one of my best friends worked in the video department. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, tomorrow, you know, Armageddon's coming out. We got 12 copies. Yeah, put me one up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was always disappointing when you get down there and whatever the blockbuster was at the time. You know, the Armageddon, all those are gone, and you've got, like, 50 copies of the English patient sitting there and you're like, no, <laughs> Yeah,
0: all 32 copies of volcanoes gone, but all 75 copies of Dante's peak is there collecting <laughs> dust.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. So when did you like start building your own library? I mean, did you do any of the like previously viewed stuff? Like, yes. Get some of those copies.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, they would, we always had a section in the video store of previously viewed stuff you could buy. And uh, headquarters would send out this list every month of movies to take out. You know, we we may have like say three copies of the original gremlins and they'd say, we're going to take one of those out and, and make it for sale. And because you're always getting new movies in every week, the space on your shelf stays the same. You always were having to rotate stuff. And I was mainly buying older movies, stuff that would make Adam jealous now, (laughs) uh, which I no longer have. But they would be taken off like from the horror section. They would take out House and House 2, and I'd buy both of those. Or they'd take out old wrestling videos and video games. And So I started my collection then, and my wife, we actually met at that store. She worked there, and she'd done the same thing. So when we actually got married, both of our collections doubled. (laughs) <laughs> well, I will say doubled because we had a lot of duplicates that we had to do something with at that point. And then it became we had this tradition for a while. Uh, you know, I'm a big football fan during football season. We would watch football even before I was married. It was football. Well, in the football off season, usually I would go to town on Friday or Saturday to the local stores. And while I was there, I would find some movie or two and buy them. And that's what we done on Sunday afternoons was watch movies. So cool. our collection just grew every week. It was growing.
1: I don't remember buying a lot of previously viewed, but we were subscribed to the Columbia house service <laughs> and got movies that way for a while, probably at least a couple of years in the early nineties. And there'd be stuff that show up at your house. You're like, Mom, did you order this? You know, what whatever the, you know, the next one was on the on the list is what you got. You really didn't get a an option. I, I don't at least I don't remember you if you did or not, but it just seemed like stuff was showing up like, Really, Mom, ghost? You know, what do you <laughs> where's Con Air? Where's you know, whatever?
0: <laughs> well, you know,
1: There's some good movies in here instead of all this, you know, uh, rom com stuff and
0: I don't I know. I love the previously viewed movies, there were a lot of people who would come in the store that didn't like the idea of it because they would say, Oh, they're going to break time." they have been watching so many times. Yeah, I know that stuff never happened to people. Right. And at the time, a new VHS was like 15 bucks.
1: Yeah. 15, and 20, whatever. Yeah.
0: If you waited four months until I'm just going to use Armageddon as an example, cause it's on top of my brain. Let's say we got 15 copies of that in. Well, four months later, six copies of that was going to be for sale for two bucks. So, you know, do you want to pay full price for it? Or do you want to wait four months and pay two bucks for it? Me, I'd rather wait and pay two bucks for it because you get more bang for your buck. I'm getting a copy of everything that released that week with Armageddon for the same money as somebody just got Armageddon for.
1: Right. And you could even rent it that one time and get your, you know, fix after you hadn't seen it or, or miss it in the theater or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then still buy it for whatever three bucks later down the road and be cheaper than buying a brand new copy right as it came out.
0: Yeah. We always, we ran a great deal too. Even though new movies came out on Tuesdays, it was always two for Tuesdays, rent one, get one free. So you could get two new releases on Tuesdays for the price of one. And, uh, you rent five, you get one free thing on your membership. Every six new release you got was free. And if, you worked it out where you got two every Tuesday, then every sixth Tuesday, both new releases were free to rent. So yeah, you'd rent those new ones just because they were so cheap to rent at the time. And then, yeah. Yeah. Buy cool. them later.
1: All right. Well, let's get into our list,
0: man. Um, well, I hold think... on before we get onto the yeah. list. We've talked a lot about renting movies, but what about going to the theater? Did you go to the theater oh, yeah. a lot in the 90s?
1: Yeah, I remember... Well, I remember even getting into some R-rated movies before I was 18. Ooh,
0: um, look at you, breaking yeah. the law.
1: <laughs> Stuff like... I remember going to see uh, Demolition Man. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Cliffhanger. I remember seeing those two in the theater. I remember seeing... Uh, what was that movie where they crashed a plane in the mountains and they had to eat people? Alive a lot, yes. I remember a
0: great seeing movie.
1: <laughs> we took we did like a triple date to that thing. <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking, but uh, yeah. So, like, our small town, our uh, the only theater there in town, uh, had two theaters, two movies playing at, at once. So, and they were probably hurting for business. So, we were just, yeah, we would go in probably like senior year, so you know, 16, 17 around 18 years old too. So I, I know we got into some that were, I was not 18 and they just go ahead. We just need the money, you know, keep this thing going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did, we did see a lot of move and I have a lot of my ticket stubs. Actually, that was the thing for me. I don't know why, but I would, uh, in our theater just had the little roll tickets. It wasn't like printed out <laughs> to where you right. went to. So they would rip it in half And I wrote on the back what movies that I've seen. So I have some like Wayne's World and whatever, Ace Ventura, (laughs) some of those in the earlier 90s, and I I kept them, and uh, I got got them in an envelope somewhere in my uh, stuff. But yeah, did you uh, hit the movies a lot?
0: Constantly. Now, when I started driving in 94, which I never really went to the movies before that, but... Uh, in the same town i worked in the next town over from where i lived and in that town we had a theater like you just described they had two screens in the theater and uh, they used to run 2 dollar tuesdays so it was uh, any any movie was 2 bucks and they had new releases they got you know whatever was out new on friday even though they were a small theater they got the new stuff and a lot of our friends and coworkers it was kind of a standing thing every tuesday night was there was just a bunch of us that show up at the theater and watch a movie. Actually, we'd usually show up at McDonald's first and eat, which was right down the street from it, and then go watch a movie. So a lot of these movies we're about to talk about, I saw in the theater during that time with a rotating cast of characters. You know, some weeks it'd be me and Mango and Tiny, and the next week it was Bill and Mango and Derek. And it's just whoever was off work or didn't have something else going on, we all just met at the movies every Tuesday night. We watched a lot of double features back then, too. You'd catch the seven o'clock of this movie and the nine o'clock of the next movie, and you're still only out four bucks. Yes, so. nice.
1: Yeah, we had a little uh, pizza joint. We'd go and hang out after the movies, or sometimes I guess sometimes before, just depending on which one we were hitting. If it was the seven or nine show, but um, yeah, man, lots of great memories. Small town. You're you're just hanging around town, walking around, you know, between the movie or whatever, and just watching movies.
0: You know, we've done this 80s list, and uh, most of those memories I had were from renting the VHS, you know, in the late 80s. But these movies that we're about to talk about, and I, and because I was older, too, the memories were more vivid. Mm-hmm. So the nostalgia is, is pretty high for some of these. And I was looking over this list, like we were talking off the air with the wife last night, and I was counting up to see, well, how many of these did you and I go to on a date night? Only Mm -hmm. two of my top 20 I watched with her in the theater. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, that seems seems weird. But she said, honey, we didn't start dating until 99. So you only had a limited amount of time to watch a 90s movie in the theater with me. I was like, oh, yeah, I must have been some other girls then. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. Um, We talked about maybe trying something we get to our top five here so. Spitting off a uh, a quote from the movie and see if the other can guess it.
0: Yeah, it'll be good for you at home listening too. The to see yeah. if you can just know the quote because usually if it's going to be in your top five movies of a decade, there's going to be some quotable things about them. You just have to imagine that's the case anyway, unless sure. you've got a bunch of weird picks. <laughs> yeah, I don't. My I'm pretty happy
1: with this list. Like we said before, this isn't like a perfect list. Uh, just you know where they fall when you're ranking these and what movies you're ranking up against. Uh, there might be a couple in here that I, I would probably have lower, but I, I'm pretty, pretty well happy with it the way it goes. And we'll see how
0: <laughs> I, I, you'll know all these. So it's not like it's some weird. Well, knowing what we know about but, each other, mm-hmm. how many duplicates you think we may have in our top five?
1: Um, I think it's low, man. I think it's like maybe, I'm going to say three or four at most. I'm going
0: to go way out on a limb and say our top fives are completely different.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, well, let's, let's uh, we've teased them enough. Yes. Number 10 for me, the original Mission Impossible, Tom hmm. Cruise came out in 1996. I don't remember watching that in the theater. I do remember renting it a bunch of times. And I've watched it as recent as, like, a I don't know, a couple months ago. Flipping past Hulu. Oh, yeah, I'll put it on. And I've liked it. I like the disguises and, and that sort of, and not really detective, but, you know, suspenseful kind of movie. Mm-hmm. John Voight was great in that. Uh, you get... Um, just some fun uh, covert operation kind of a thing. And you know, how many times has the ceiling drop scene been parodied, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, quite a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was uh pretty well, you know, ingrained in everybody's memories as far as that's probably the first thing you think of when you think of mission impossible is him dropping from the ceiling, like a fairy and floating to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I've always enjoyed it. What, what are you, where are you at with the Mission Impossible and and the the whole whatever? How many it's up to six or seven now?
0: <laughs> well, the I enjoyed the first one. Uh, I didn't like the second one, so I've never watched any of the others.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah.
0: And the yeah. first one was a was to me it was, eh, it was an okay movie. You know, it was something to do for two hours that day. Mm-hmm. I, it, it didn't impress I mean I ain't gonna say it didn't impress me because the effects and stuff and it were pretty cool but it just I don't guess I just really connect with it like I said it, it was a good movie I have just never really went back and yeah. I think I've watched it maybe twice
1: it's a little uh, it's a little dated with the technology obviously but you got discs and <laughs> cell phones that are bricks almost <laughs> but it was still fun I, I,
0: I enjoy it what's your number 10 Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, from 1999. I saw that movie three times in the theater that year.
1: Really? And I've
0: probably watched it another 25 to 40 times since then. (laughs) I love the Austin Powers franchise. I I just did. And I saw that movie with several different people. And like the third person, I was like, you got to see it. It's so funny. Come on, let's go. I'll buy the ticket.
1: It it's one that I have not connected with uh, enough, I guess you'll say. Um, I've seen the the first one the most. I've probably seen the sequels one or two times, if that. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. What is it? Three of them, right? Which one yeah. is?
0: Yeah, there's three of them.
1: What's the other two?
0: Gold Member is one. The first then... one was International Man of Mystery, right? Then you had the Spy Who Shagged Me, and then Gold Member.
1: I'm not sure if. I've ever watched Goldmember.
0: I I might have. I don't know. You got John Travolta in it as Goldmember. No,
1: I don't think I've seen it.
0: <laughs> it's okay. I, it, it's good. It's just not number two good. You know. Okay.
1: Uh, that is on my list, but it's uh, down a bit. I mean, uh, not in my top ten. It's it made my top twenty. Oh wow! So that uh, will tell you how much I connect with that. Number nine for me is 1993, the fugitive with Harrison Ford. That one, I don't think I saw in the theater. At least I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I have watched it many, many times over the years and really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the Jack Ryan movies too. I think you've said you haven't watched those right. Uh, clear and present danger and Patriot games. And uh, this was in a time when you know he was still one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Air Force One. Um, so yeah, The Fugitive. It's uh, I've always enjoyed that one. Seen it many many times, probably at least fifty times. <laughs> over well, that the was
0: years. in the, that was in the heyday of us having a uh, illegal black box, and mm-hmm. it was on the Viewer's Choice Channel, and Viewer's Choice used to play movies on loop and. Uh, gosh, my brother and I probably watched that 20 times that summer when it hit pay-per-view mm-hmm. just because it was on and it was always good. Uh, and it done way better than the people making it expected it to do. They were just making a That's movie. Right. They That's were just right. making, here's a movie, let's get one out, let's move on. And then it it just took off.
1: And I, I'm not sure I've ranked it on my flick chart, but U.S. Marshals, the sequel, mm-hmm. I might enjoy that one more than The Fugitive. Robert Downey Jr., you had uh, Wesley Snipes. Have you seen that one, the sequel? Yeah.
0: You know, it gets panned as not being a good sequel. I'm not going to put it higher than The Fugitive, but it's right there with it for me. I really enjoy the US Marshals.
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, it's close, very close. It's a movie.
0: It's a movie uh, that, like uh, Bill Simmons and his crew at The Ringer, they do that podcast, The Rewatchables. Mm that's a perfect example of a rewatchable because if you're scanning the channels and you cross TNT and U S Marshall's zone, you're more likely going to stop and watch it. Most people. absolutely, And it's a movie that you can stop at any point in the movie and be fine picking up from there on and watching it and enjoying it just as much. If you've seen it before, you know, that's right. Okay. Number nine for you. Number nine for me is the better than Dante's peak volcano starring Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) It is my volcano movie of choice. Uh, Dante's Peak is is a good movie. I just prefer volcano because I'm uh, I really like disaster movies, and volcano has more of that big time disaster movie vibe. I guess where it's set in the city instead of in right, the small town. The,
1: yeah, out in the woods and all that stuff too. Yeah,
0: Tommy Lee Jones, which we just talked about, the fugitive. I like Tommy Lee Jones, and just about everything I've ever seen him in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's some other people in there there's a bunch of those guys as we call them uh mm-hmm. just a really fun disaster movie with a really neat premise too that you know a volcano in Los Angeles comes up out of the La Brea tar pits and when you research some stuff about the factual information in volcano a lot of it's junk but the general theory behind the movie uh scientists say is possible not necessarily likely but always mm-hmm. possible so mm-hmm.
1: I've seen it a couple times. It's just not been one, like I said, that uh I prefer Dante's Peak, but Tommy Jones, yeah, man. Anything that he's in, I'm watching, it seems like. And speaking of which, he's in my number eight pick. Oh. Batman Forever.
0: Oh my lord. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. That made your top ten of movies it did. of the nineties. Okay. Did. For people who may have missed our eighties episode, a little note about flick chart. It don't always show you all the top movies of the 90s for you to pick between. (laughs) So maybe Jason had a lack of options.
1: Now listen, now listen. At the time, I was huge into Jim Carrey,
0: okay? So Mm
1: -hmm. I left it in there. I saw it was in there. I was like, "Eh, okay, I'll leave it there. Just because Jim Carrey, I was seeing everything that Jim Carrey was in at the theater. So that was the draw to me. It wasn't that, you know... Val Kilmer and even Tom Lee Jones was in it. It was Jim Carrey. I'm going to go see Jim Carrey as the Riddler. And I've got the soundtrack. That's, uh, we <laughs> I've actually got the single of the U2 song, uh, <laughs> Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Just listened to it like two weeks ago because my little girl will go through there and she'll, <laughs> let's listen to this one and I'll pop it in our the stereo. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, um, Seal song "Kiss from a Rose," love it, and that's what kind of got me into his music too. <laughs> so you may laugh, go ahead and laugh, but at the time, man, it was like huge for me. So well,
0: I'll say this: I went to the theater to see Batman Forever. Actually, watched a double feature that night of it and Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. It was a comic book double feature, but I I liked it then because I was big in the comic books. But, uh, if we were doing this list in 1997, it, it may be in my top 10, but I've tried to watch it in recent years. I I just, and it's, unfortunately you're going to hate hearing this. It's Jim Carrey as the Riddler that completely takes me out of it. Really? He's he's too over the top. I I, I mean, seriously, it's almost for me personally, it just grates on my nerves watching him as the Riddler. And I don't know why that is. And of course, Tommy Lee Jones is, uh, should have never been in this. I, I, I really <laughs> felt bad. Even then, I felt bad for Tommy Lee Jones having to just, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I can still watch. I just did a marathon through every Batman movie, pretty much every movie that Batman was in.
0: You even made Batman, you even watched Batman and Robin again? I did. I oh did. Oh my gosh, man. I'm sorry.
1: It was, that one was a bit tough to get through.
0: We'll but I had no point. problem
1: getting through, uh, Batman Forever again. So, call me what you want but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i kept it in i'm not ashamed i like the soundtrack too I, I have this weird connection did they sell it at pizza hut i want to say they sold the soundtrack or something at pizza hut
0: i don't know I they don't had know. a they had a super strong tie in with mcdonald's that for that movie was it i don't yeah i don't think I... they would have had anything to, well you know they had the the little plastic figures in happy meals They had the Batman Forever collector glasses at McDonald's. Yeah, the frosted glasses.
1: I remember those.
0: They even based a burger on it, the superhero burger. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I doubt they would have had anything from Pizza Hut tied in with it, just because of how strong that McDonald's connection was. You're probably right. I don't know. You may have listened to it on the jukebox at Pizza Hut when they still had those. That's that could be right. Pizza (laughs) Hut put the fake sausage down and get a jukebox. And put some seal on it for Jason.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. All right, I'm what's all right. your number i I'm eight? trying
0: to help you. Now, my number eight. I saw this in the theater. My favorite actor of all time. The movie blew me away. Uh, I had to go back and research, after seeing the movie, the entire history of the space program because it was so interesting. And that's Apollo 13. You know, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. uh, the failed Apollo 13 mission, the movie at the time with, I guess the technology we had available for making movies, they made the most of that movie looked incredible. Then it still mm-hmm. looks really good. Now, big time stars with him, Bill Paxton, Gary Sinise, uh, Ed, what's his name? Ed Harris. Yeah. Uh, just, great. yeah, the whole movie was great.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing it has not come up on my flick chart yet because that should be in my top 10. It should be in my top 20 and it's not. So I I don't think I was
0: really surprised when I checked my chart and it wasn't in my top five, but it's in my top 10. So I'm fine with that. But that's a movie I still watch once, sometimes twice a year even.
1: Oh, yeah, very rewatchable.
0: We watched it uh, just before the anniversary of the moon landing. We watched it and then like the following week we watched that great Apollo 11 documentary I told you about. Mm-hmm. So I, I just watched it this summer.
1: Have you ever watched the From the Earth to the Moon miniseries?
0: I saw parts of it when it what was it on CNN when it first debuted years ago? Oh, I can't remember what network had it. But Tom Hanks done it too, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really good.
0: I've seen lots of it, but it actually came out just before Apollo 13 if I remember right. And... uh so I'd missed it, and that was in a point in time. Like, if you didn't record it on a VCR, well, you mm. missed it. So i missed most of it.
1: It's a great movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure we watched that one in the theater. Well,
0: and- that's one I certainly watched in the theater. I can remember going, that was in that time frame of everybody going to the movies every Tuesday night. That was a Tuesday night special right there. Cool.
1: All right, number seven for me, we just mentioned it in our streaming scheme. 1998 rounders mm-hmm. Matt Damon, Ed Norton.
0: I am pleasantly surprised that is in your top 10.
1: I've it's seen that for you many, 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 many times. And it's just such a great movie. It sucked me in. It's, it's one of those against all odds. And you know, those dreams of getting rich quick, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you just get tapped into that. And, I don't remember the first time I've seen it. I didn't see it in the theater. It probably wasn't until after, like, Texas Hold'em started getting big when uh, the World Series hit. When was it when Chris Moneymaker, I think it was, like, 2003 or 2004, when poker just blew up on TV? And I probably saw it somewhere around in there and was like, oh, man, this movie's just great. Great Mm -hmm. acting and... Uh, just a fun story, and all centered around poker. And I can watch. I like watching poker on TV sometimes, uh, World Poker Tour mainly. And um, there's a whole channel actually on Pluto TV that I get sucked into sometimes. But I, uh, yeah, it's just one of those movies that was was really fun. And if you like the game, it's like way higher, if not the standard as far as poker and movies right. go. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think of rounders? I loved rounders Uh, as a poker player myself. It's a movie that everybody has seen in their poker circles and uh, it didn't do very well at the box office. Like you said, it was after poker kind of took on a life of its own that people found it and it took on a life of its own, but the cast with Matt Damon and Ed Norton and John Turturro, some other recognizable folks in there, it had a good cast, good writing.
1: Malkovich too, man. Yeah,
0: John Malkovich.
1: He, he, yeah. So you tricked me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I splash the pot if I want to. Yeah.
1: Whenever. Yeah. We won't go into that language, but
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just it was a great uh, movie. I really enjoyed it. I watched it here recently too. I've got it on DVD. I don't know. Maybe three, four months ago we popped it in and watched it. Mm-hmm. It's in our it's in our yearly rotation.
1: Yeah, mine too. I think I got the digital copy of it when it was like five bucks or something on Google Play. (laughs) So, great movie. What's your number seven?
0: Another movie a bunch of us went and saw in the theater, Independence Day. And that movie, I think, may have had the biggest crowd of any of the movies we went to see at that time. Mm -hmm. Because everybody was pumped for it. You knew, or at least in our circles, you knew that... This is a major summer blockbuster, possibly the biggest movie of the year. It, it's released, you know, at Fourth of July. It takes place at Fourth of July. It's got Will Smith, which well, it's hard to think about now. This was his first movie role, right? And he knocked it out of the park,
1: Absolutely. hit the biggest
0: grand slam home run you, he could have hit at that time. And we talked about it on a previous episode. It versus the new Independence Day. Uh, this first one was just one of those people can pick it apart. You can find flaws in it. But this to me is if there is a definition to guilty pleasure movie, this is it. You don't worry about the flaws and the logic. You don't worry. No. About, you just kick the recliner back and you watch it with a smile on your face for the action and the quotable one-liners and the feel good moments. And yeah. your, your own adrenaline gets running in several parts of this movie.
1: No, sir. Just a little anxious to whip E.T.'s ass.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that one in the theater. Jeff Goldblum, you know. Oh gosh, and uh, <laughs> that that dude that he works with is, <laughs> got the voice like this. Yeah. Oh, Marty. Rap. Yeah, Marty. Marty. Uh, he's got some great one-liners in that too. And uh, who his dad? um He's great in that too. Mm-hmm. Just him and his interaction with the president too. Love, love Independence Day. I, it's very rewatchable. Very, you can very do rewatchable.
0: that? Sure, Dad. All TV repairmen can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was. And Randy Quaid. Oh, my gosh.
0: Mm-hmm. Up, yes! yeah. Yeah. And on a personal note, sir, ever since they abducted me and abused me <laughs> years ago, I've been waiting for a little payback. <laughs>
1: oh, it's great! Yeah,
0: great I love movie. movie. I watched it again this year too.
1: I have too. Yeah, I went back to back when I bought that new one.
0: <laughs> well, we typically try to time it. I'm a creature of habit, big time. We try to watch it around the Fourth of July every year. Mm-hmm. It's our Fourth of July movie where people have Christmas movies and Halloween movies. Well, we have a Fourth of July movie,
1: and I've. It's another one that I. I guess I have not ranked yet because it's not in my top 20. It would definitely be in my top 20 if it was, uh, ranked. Wow. I I needed to go through this list. Maybe a little more. Uh, number six. (laughs) Wow. Um, remember seeing it in the theater, 1994. What, what can you say? Dumb and dumber is my number six.
0: That's your number six. We got dumb and dumber and Batman forever in your top 10. What? (laughs) Oh, Well, Dumb What's and Dumber? wrong
1: with Dumb and Dumber?
0: It's, it's, it's a fun. classic. It's a fine movie, but against the competition that it's against in the 90s, I don't know that it's a top 10.
1: Oh, it is for me.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Okay. Dumb and Dumber. Man, there's just so many lines in that
0: thing, man. Oh, you know, I've always loved it, and we pulled it up several months ago. Here's another one we watched recently with my oldest daughter because I thought she'd enjoy it. She didn't really enjoy it, and I found myself not finding it as funny as I thought it was. Really? Yeah. Now the bathroom scene never gets old. <laughs> but <laughs> the rest, you know, some of the rest of it is
1: eh. You know why I like you, Harry? Because you're a regular guy. <laughs> Just
0: That's when what I think you couldn't do anything any stupider. You totally <laughs> redeem yourself.
1: <right? laughs> yep. Oh, uh, I got worms. Yeah, I've just always I don't know. It's I can um, I can watch it anytime anywhere. I've seen it tons of times and and the soundtrack was great too. I'm going back to the soundtracks again, but the soundtrack was great. I remember listening to that a lot.
0: Mm. All right, Six for you. Good Man. fellas. Good fellas. And that's part of why I got to keep my Netflix subscription long enough to watch The Irishman because I am a sucker for old Mafia movies, especially mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese mafia movies like *Goodfellas*, and it has uh, for people who's not familiar, it's the story of Henry Hill. He turned informant for the government, went into witness protection years later, but he was part of the crew that was responsible for the Lufthansa heist in the late seventies. And the movie touches on that some. And mm-hmm. but you got all the all the normal Italian characters from the movie. You got Robert De Niro and uh pesci and um gosh who played henry hill help me out here uh ray Liotta,
1: ray Liotta yeah
0: and, and then all the other guys you recognize from being in all the other movies like that so <laughs> <laughs> it uh it was well done it has the single best one shot what do they call those scenes where the camera just keeps moving and they do everything in one take one shot yeah uh, when he's going into the Copacabana and they're going in the back way and the camera follows them the entire way. That's the best example of that shot you'll see on film. If the movie is violent, the movie has coarse language, so it's not for everybody, but I just, I love the movie. I love all those movies.
1: I have seen it. I just not been one that I've uh, connected with much, I guess. Uh, and maybe it's just the mafia style. I have, I've watched Scarface a couple of times, and that was enough for me. So it's not like I'm huge into that genre. But, yeah, I know it's a great movie. Another one of those uh, shots you're talking about from the uh, 90s movie, have you ever seen the movie Snake Eyes with Nick Cage? Yeah, I like Uh, that movie. I do, too. And that whole beginning scene is that same way. It's one whole continuous shot of him going through the arena (laughs) until he gets out to the ring. I can't remember how many minutes it is, but, yeah, very cool. All right, we're up to number five. Are we going to try to do these movie lines?
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to see what you got, see if I can get your movie. I'm guessing so far from the list, I might have some trouble,
1: though. Uh no. Um, I'm trying to think of something a little more obscure than just going for it, but for the sake of time, holy shnikes. Oh, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy, my yeah. number five. Yep. Yeah. Chris Farley, David Spade. Uh, I usually when I watch Tommy Boy, I'm watching it back to back with Black Sheep, and uh-huh. I've got those <laughs> got those on DVD or Blu-ray. And Tommy Boy, oh gosh, There's so many great lines. I love Chris Farley. You know, loved watching him on SNL, and then once they got do- to doing the movies, it was just oh pure comedy gold. The you know the physicality of everything that he does and uh, just those crazy one-liners, too, throughout that movie is great. And destroying that car, that poor
0: car. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. That When it came out that year, what was it, 95?
1: 95, yep. Uh,
0: that was one, I don't know, maybe we still had the black box then. Maybe that's where I saw it, or maybe we rented it. But I instantly fell in love with it. And I've watched that movie at least 50 times in my life. And it never gets old. Right. Matter of fact, I just ordered and received my Callahan auto parts t-shirt last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a green shirt with the white Callahan auto parts logo on it uh-huh. from that movie. So I've yeah. got,
1: I've got one with him in the, uh, hard hat that says, uh, I've got cat, like speed and reflexes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that. Just yeah. before it hits him in the face. <laughs>
1: my wife just told me like the other day, there was some story where, a somebody thought a deer was dead and came back to life and like killed somebody or something. I was like, was it in the car, like Tommy Boy? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, stupid. I don't know. (laughs) That whole scene, oh man, I'm sorry about your car, but that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Bees! Bees everywhere! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Cow tipping and I'm a maniac at the, uh,
0: I was just thinking station. of that same scene. Yeah. Whoa, dad, is that for me? No, <laughs> no son. son. That's for That's... me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gotta love that. Uh, oh gosh. Such a great movie. All right. Number five for you.
0: Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. There's one more thing. None of them want to pay taxes again ever.
1: Oh, Armageddon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wouldn't that be great to never pay taxes again? Yeah.
1: No I mean, I don't want
0: to have to go destroy <laughs> an asteroid to do it, but <laughs> and wouldn't you think if you're the government, you could agree to that. Right. Right. No, I don't know. Shoot. Everybody has to pay taxes. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, right, that man. was the one we went, a bunch of us went and watched in the theater and the first, the, when I knew it was going to be great. I mean, you just, you knew that, It's a big blockbuster. It's like Independence Day. Forget the flaws in the logic or whatever. Just sit back and enjoy the thing, people. It is a fun movie. But I knew I was really going to enjoy it in the first few minutes when those first asteroids are hitting New York City. Mm -hmm. And the cab driver is Mr. Cooper. I'm like, hey, look, it's Mr. Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) They got him playing this small of a role. This is going to be awesome. Imagine everybody else that's going to be in this. (laughs) But, you know, we got the great Aerosmith uh don't want to miss a thing it become a big hit out of that mm-hmm. uh just full of great actors and people who were not known as great actors then um uh, the big dude uh from the Green Mile what's his name
1: oh yeah i it's like three names I
0: can't yeah remember. but that that was his like first time really being found, mm-hmm. and he went on to have a tremendous career after that, Owen Wilson was in it that before he was really much of anything Ben Affleck when he was still young.
1: Yeah. Ben Affleck.
0: Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, this movie was full of people just full of people. That was great. Uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast has seen it, but the team of all drillers that have to go up to the asteroid and drill a hole 800 feet deep and, you know, split it apart with a nuclear bomb. It's not very plausible, but, man, it's such a fun movie.
1: <laughs> I have probably not watched it in about a decade. It's It's been a, a long time since I've watched it. But I remember watching it in the theater. I remember this, the song being huge on the radio. I think it's the only number one song for Aerosmith in their entire career was that song. And then renting it, yeah, there was always like 30 copies of it <laughs> in the <laughs> rental store. But I have not revisited it in a long time. So it mean, might be one I might want to check out and see if it holds up in my mind. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, number four for me. Uh, gosh, there's so many lines. What am I going to go with? Um, um, <laughs> now? No, to my egghead now. Go ahead. Now, or how about, uh, oh God, I can't, I'm trying to think of one that's not.
0: That's yeah, not I, I'm totally name. lost with that.
1: Um, <laughs> Kevin, you are such a disease. Oh, Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was doing when they're in the, when they're in the van and they're, you know, deciding whether to go in the house and why don't you go check it out, Marv? <laughs> now? No, it's my again now. We, I don't know. That was me and the wife. We spelt that one back and forth. But ah. Home Alone probably should be number one uh, or number two on this list for me. It's it's back and forth with probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Well, the the trifecta is Home Alone, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and then uh, Christmas Story. Those three.
0: Hey, thanks I, for spoiling our big but, Christmas episode there for yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the way this list is going, who God knows what's going to be number one on mine if we use yeah. Look Chart. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a annual thing. Some sometimes we'll watch it multiple times, but usually we'll uh, go through the, uh, the first three movies. We will watch, even though you know number three doesn't have Macaulay Culkin. Uh, yeah. We can we still like to watch that one.
0: But yeah, it's Home Alone is a classic. It is a classic.
1: It's probably it's one of the only movies I've, I remember being in the theater and watching with my dad because my dad never went to movies. He would watch them when we rented them or something. But and probably the last time I remember <laughs> watching one with my old man, we went to see Home Alone. So,
0: well, my great. brother and I went to the theater to watch Home Alone, bought tickets to see Home Alone. But somehow we got into the wrong theater and ended up watching Ernest Goes to Jail instead.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> was that, or did we end up watching? No, maybe we purposely went and watched Ernest Goes to Jail. We ended up in the wrong theater. It was either Ernest Goes to Jail or one of the Teenage Turtle movies that we got into instead of Home Alone. Did the first movie come out the same time as Home Alone?
1: That's That sounds right. It was maybe 1990.
0: It was. it was 90. Yeah. Well, anyway, we ended up seeing a good movie, regardless. But I didn't get to see Home Alone in the theater, so I was totally lost talking to my friends at school for months. <laughs> okay. So, All right.
1: My turn. Yeah, Yo, your turn, man.
0: Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> Mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. It don't last as long for fat people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did I screw that up? I no, that wasn't the line. Up. Love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think you know where I'm going anyway, though.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, Forrest Gump is just epic. There's no other word to describe it. It's just epic. Uh,
0: We, that was one I rented when I was working at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom sat down to watch it with me and it instantly became her favorite movie. I think other stuff have passed it since then, but it was her, from that point on, her favorite movie. She was in the vein that she was her top five. If she was here with us, would be like *Steel Magnolias*, *Fried Green Tomatoes*, *Driving Miss Daisy*, and *Forrest Gump*. That would, that would be her <laughs> list. So to, to tell you where she's coming from with that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and son-in-law with *Polly Shore*. Surprisingly enough, oh, wow. she loves that yeah. movie, which I do too. We'll talk about that next month, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but for like I said, it's it's epic. It spans generations it has scenes from multiple decades it featured technology we hadn't seen before with the way they were inserting tom hanks's forrest gump character in these famous news clips and things right uh probably the single best all encompassing soundtrack of all time yes
1: double soundtrack
0: yes double soundtrack it just uh it won uh, Picture of the Year. It, it, there's not much bad you can say about this. I don't know of anything bad I can say about this movie. Uh, it's one of those that, like I said, you're scanning the channels in its own. I put the remote down wherever I tune into it at, and I just watch it. And if I'm not coming across it at some point, we certainly make a point to watch it every year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least once a year. It's one of the movies that, like I said, the wife likes to have something on when she goes to bed at night and I'll come in and have to deal with it too. Uh, Forrest Gump is one of the DVDs we'll put on loop several times a year that it's on for two or three nights in a row. Yeah. And I'll come in from work and I'll walk in and it, she's had it playing and I will lay down and find myself not going to sleep and watching a good half hour of it wherever it's at.
1: Yeah. It's been a while since I watched that one too. It's not one that I've revisited as much as you have over the years, but yeah I mean well how it's pretty long too, man isn't it like close to three hours
0: or something? yeah, it's at least two and a half hours,
1: yeah, I remember it being pretty long but and maybe that was part of the thing but i I don't know i I just haven't revisited much, but lieutenant dan Gary Sinise, that's probably where he kind of made his money, <laughs> you yeah. know uh as far as a career goes what what broke him out and and got him moving. Uh, down the road, but
0: uh, yeah, he was so great in that. That propelled him. What broke him out and got him going, what got him the Forrest Gump role was the excellent turn he had in Of Mice and Men with Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. That's what put him on the map, and that's how he got the Forrest Gump role, and then that just launched him in the stratosphere. Yeah. And he followed it up doing stuff like Snake Eyes with Nick Cage. (laughs) But, you know, when you're in Forrest Gump in a major role. Paul 13. Yeah, he was in it too. But isn't everything after Forrest Gump kind of downhill? I mean, and it's no fault of their own. It's just, oh well, yeah, they it's hit just, such heights with that. I don't yeah. know how you ever get back to it. It's true,
1: very true. Okay, uh, number three, <laughs> uh, victim of the uh, geography of this one. Um, let me give you a line here. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, cause it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach?
0: Ah, uh, you're talking about Groundhog Day. <laughs>
1: Groundhog Day. Yeah,
0: love that movie too.
1: Speaking of endless loop, yeah, that's an endless loop within itself. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I remember renting it many times. Anytime it was on cable too, like you're saying with some of those other movies I was watching and it's just fascinating to think about what, what would you do if that was you in that situation and you just would wake up and start the same day over and you could try new things and do everything that he did. It was like a fantasy lived out. You know what I mean? And just the supporting actors in that were, were great too. Chris Elliott, he he cracks me up, the camera guy. Um, I I I don't know what it is about. And watching the Goldbergs now, the uh, the principal is Ned Ryerson on the on the show. I just it's me, Ned Ryerson, <laughs> same guy. <laughs> bang, <laughs> bang, yeah. Uh, just waiting for him to do bing on the Goldbergs one time. But yeah, I like I said, it's uh about i don't know 30 40 minutes from where i grew up i've never been there on groundhog day and all the craziness but i have been there as a field trip you know throughout the year
0: just to uh, see where it all takes place that, i would be very depressed if i kept waking up every day in puckstown, pennsylvania <laughs> i, mean, I probably would too far. i'm not going i'm not going to lie <laughs> like if you come to the self realization like okay i'm stuck in this time warp I get to relive the same day every day. You'd feel pretty down, like, and I have to do it here. You know, like, Why can't this be Las Vegas or you know, something that right, you get right. to relive every day in? Uh, somehow, Groundhog Day, oh, no, I see it. It just hasn't come up frequently enough for me to rank it higher on my list. It probably should be higher on my list than where I see it at. So I, just Bill Murray is great. That, that's my favorite Bill Murray movie. A lot of people will say Scrooge. For me, it's Groundhog Day. A lot of people say Caddyshack too, but it's still Groundhog Day for me.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just love him. His, what I would call like solo movies without Aykroyd or, you know, his, his, all of his buddies. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's great. I'll even watch uh, one of my mom's favorites was uh, uh, what's the one where he's OCD. Um, What about Bob?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I like that one too.
1: What about Bob, man? Oh, gosh. I could watch that one right now.
0: But
1: <laughs> great movie. All right. Number three. Hit me.
0: Uh, let me think of a quote. This is a. Oh, uh, I just know that every man I kill, the farther away from home, I feel.
1: Ooh. Um... Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm, I'm not placing
0: it. I'll try one more with you. Okay. This time, the mission is the man. Or the mission is the man.
1: Oh, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Okay.
0: Another Tom Hanks movie on my top ten list from the 90s. Yeah. Told my favorite actor. <laughs> and I didn't even set out to pick a favorite actor. It just happened. How about that?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> would you put Saving Private Ryan above Forrest Gump for real? Or
0: Yeah, I would. Because would I'm, you... a, I'm a big World War II buff, too. Mm-hmm. So this combines the best of both worlds. Right. Uh, and again, great cast with Tom Sizemore and Vin Diesel, which is not in it very much, but he is in there. It was a great uh, cast. Matt Damon, just, uh, and the story is just so good. You know, them trampsing across Europe from Normandy, looking for one man, like they, like Tom Sizemore said, it's like looking for a needle in a stack of needles. Right. So, yeah, that uh, was a great line. One of the most, I guess to me anyway, memorable opening scenes in a movie without ever having stormed the beaches at Normandy. Yeah. I can't only imagine how scary it actually was in real life when you're in watching it on, you know, on this, how real it feels. So, uh, yeah. it, it's a great war movie in general. It's a great nineties movie. It's one of Tom Hanks's best performances and that's covers a lot of ground right there. Yeah. But Tom Hanks does a good job of being the, the confident leader of men. And at the same time, you can tell how vulnerable he feels inside without telling people. And you know, that soliloquy he gives there towards the end of the movie where he, he gives that quote that I just know the more men I kill, the farther away from home that he feels, you know, he's there doing the duty he was called to do, but it's not who he is. And the battle scenes are fun. You don't get a lot of battle scenes, but the ones they do give you are really, really well done.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's the gold standard World War II movie. You know, what can you say about and the the final scene? You know, when they transition Matt Damon to when he's older, Uh and he's at the cemetery. You, I'm I'm weeping like a little girl. It's it's if you're not American, (laughs) then you don't get that scene. But gosh, it's just oh so riveting at the end, and the For him to like introduce his family, you know, at their graveside and and or talk about his family, it's wow, incredible, incredible movie. And I'm ashamed to say, again, I must be a victim of not ranking it that much or not seeing it at all that it's not in my top twenty. So, well, at least you've got Dumb and Dumber. At least I got Dumb and Dumber, man. If I'm being honest, I I would put Dumb and Dumber on before it. Just because it's so <laughs> yes. just because it's so intensive. It's just so well, I, I, was I, I can't say. just throw it on and the family is gonna walk you right. in. And, you know, you gotta you gotta be in the right mindset to watch it. Whereas Dumb and Dumber I could throw on and, and people will roll their eyes at me when I'm watching it. They don't care. But it's just just the content of the movie that it's it's so intensive that you gotta be in the right mind. At least I do when I'm watching, I gotta be yeah, in the
0: I'll, right mind frame. I'll agree with that. I'm always in the right mind frame, but it's just not necessarily the right mood. Sometimes you want something fun, sometimes you want something, you know, yeah. Longer. Yeah. It it can fill up some of those holes. I, I just uh Tom Hanks. Uh, that's the end of Tom Hanks on my list so far. Okay. But three in the top ten, that's pretty good from what
1: very good. Um, number two for me should not be number two. <laughs> I'll admit that. It should be farther down. I would probably it might crack my top ten, but I left it in there because it's a fun movie. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not the number two, but I I back in the day I loved it. Uh okay, here we go. Um You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
0: Hmm. No, uh, uh- Hold on I I just can't place it. I give me another one. I I I know the movie I can't place it.
1: Uh I'm trying to trying to think of another one that would be good for that. Uh the one cuz I one use
0: we, that that exact quote I use on these teenagers at work for me at work. But one, I can't place where it comes from.
1: The one that my my wife and I use back at each other all the time is sorry, I'm from out of town. Um <laughs> Oh gosh, what else? Um, um Man, you sound like a karate movie. Um Oh, what else?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of lost. You could just have to give it to it's, me. It's
1: it's from Rush Hour. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Oh, Chang. okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The most lucrative black-Asian combo since Tiger Woods.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I'm just going to take that in for a second. (laughs) (laughs) That was a one-liner. I I remember watching this one. I think, actually, the wife and I went to see it. I've seen it once.
0: You've seen it it once? Okay. It was the second DVD I ever saw. My brother bought it and Blade the night he bought his DVD player, and we watched both of them. We watched Blade first, and that's the last time I watched it. it. was Was back then. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was uh, you know the peak of Chris Tucker. Um, I think Friday was before that, but you had the Rush Hour movies. Uh, what was the one with Charlie Sheen? That one was pretty good. I remember watching that one a lot. But yeah, Rush Hour, that was uh, that was one that I think we we bought from the previously viewed that we had for a long time. Yeah, you know, Fifth Element, that was that era.
0: When yeah, I really big. I remember really liking Rush Hour. That's one I need to watch again because see, I've not watched it since it was first out on DVD. That's been twenty years ago or more. Yeah, it's been more than twenty years ago. I've yeah, seen I need to watch
1: that. I've seen the second one. I don't think I've seen the third one. Money Talks. That's the other one with Charlie Sheen. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. And it's it's Chris Tucker in every single movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> his style, his mouth, and yeah. It's great. Rush Hour. All right. Hit me with number two.
0: Number two. Uh, a $5 milkshake? That's milk and ice cream, right? You don't put no bourbon in it or nothing? Mm, got nothing all right you probably you may not have even seen this but you'll probably know this quote i'll give you one that you should know you know what they call a quarter pounder in france oh yeah a royale Royale with with cheese
1: cheese. yeah
0: well they call the whopper i don't know i didn't go to burger king (laughs) yeah i've probably
1: i probably watched pulp fiction like twice in my life
0: I've seen Pulp Fiction so many times. It's the movie that put Tarantino really on the map. Mm -hmm. How he convinced all these stars to come do this movie for him, I'll never know. Well, some of them have said, because of the dialogue that he wrote, that he was, Mm -hmm. even then they could see he wrote the best actual dialogue of anybody in a movie. Harvey Keitel done Reservoir Dogs for him help convince some of these other actors to do Pulp Fiction. Like, hey, trust me, this guy knows what he's doing. He's going to be
1: right, massive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> trust me, this guy is good. Well,
1: it resurrected John Travolta, right?
0: It sure did. Yeah. Uh, he credits that. He openly says, you know, without Pulp Fiction, he didn't know where he would have been after that because he was on, you know, he was getting turned down for stuff left and right and Tarantino actually sought him out to do Pulp Fiction and he's like well I ain't got nothing else going what have I got to lose at this point and right. yeah it totally turned him around but John Travolta Samuel L. Jackson Harvey Keitel Tim Roth Uma Thurman Ving Rhames Bruce Willis uh, I'm sure I'm missing some other people but that's a powerhouse cast in and of itself right there yeah and the way the movie is told in the 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 different segments and how they're all out of order from one another in the chronological events. Yeah. Uh, made, it's a really unique concept. And it was one of those movies that you were, you watch it and you're like, well, that was, I know it was good, but I'm not sure what I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. Then it took a second viewing to where the pieces fell together. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Cause later he's, Oh, and this, this is what they're doing. This is what they're talking about. And it, and it gels in your mind then like, this is out of order. That's why it was hard to understand the first time. And you watch that second time and everything clicks. And then for me, I realized just how great of a movie it was after that.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's what fooled with me because I wasn't just, well, probably nobody was used to seeing movies out of order, or out of context. and, it just seemed like a bunch of stuff spliced together. You know what I mean? And um, it was just nothing like I'd ever seen before. And what, what year was that? Was 94. 94. So yeah. I was a senior in high school.
0: It um, lost best picture to Forrest Gump. Did it? Okay. It, it should, if uh, with a little more time for reflection, it should have beat Forrest Gump for best picture. Really? You think so? I think so because, uh, of the influence, it has had way more influence on movies that come after it than, well, that's, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. So, yeah. So with some reflection okay. and reflection, it sh- probably should have won because, it, and maybe the reason it didn't was because it was so groundbreaking that a lot of people didn't really understand what they right. were seeing. And yeah. Went over their heads. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. We're up to number one. Uh okay. Here's here's the quote. That is one big pile of
0: station. Jurassic Park.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum looking at the big literal pile right. of
1: station. Oh <laughs> uh, that was just epic. Um I remember hunting those cups down at McDonald's, <laughs> trying to collect all the cups. Oh, it's just unbelievable. The it just seemed like we well, and we, I don't think we had up to that point seen special effects that realistic. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. just I can from- almost I can almost always tell when they're using fake dinosaurs in movies, and some of those fooled me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Godzilla back in the day, yeah, um anyway I you know there's not too much to say about Jurassic Park other than it was just unbelievable and uh just so many great lines in there too, and e- even little roles like you know Samuel L Jackson and Newman oh, I love them too. We had to watch it. I remember back in college, even though I was in radio broadcasting, I had to take. The like TV 101, and our teacher made us uh, break down a couple of scenes in there, and there is some continuity stuff that's just way off in that movie. If you ever dissect it, like when he gets the uh, the shaving cream can when they're at that little open air restaurant, like mm-hmm. one minute he's holding the can, and then you pan back to him and he's holding a bag, and the can has moved from the. <laughs> <laughs> the table, I mean, it's just, it's insane if you ever go through that scene and, and really pay attention, but there's stuff in there like that, that we, he made us watch, but uh, it's, I've, you know, how many times have I watched it? I don't know. It's
0: way up there. I, and, I loved it. The year it came out, I rented it. Uh, yeah. It was just, let's see, how old was I then? I would have been 15. So that's a good age for it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just a fun movie. Just fun all the way through. I need to watch it again. My kids love all the movies. Yeah. That original one I've probably not watched in a decade. I need to watch really? that again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When my uh middle son when he was doing uh gotten into dinosaurs a lot, this was a couple years ago. And uh, you know, he's well, he would probably would have been like nine or ten years old. And I remember it, Younger kids being, you know, excited about it, being in the theater. And it's, there's some scary parts in there, people getting mm-hmm. eaten and stuff, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I was a little worried for him that he would be a little bit too young for that, but it was still, I mean, gosh, so great. And, I, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like they've gotten worse <laughs> as, the, as each one comes. Yeah. Uh, I, I did enjoy the first Jurassic World, but. I don't know. I'm an apologist for Jurassic Park three as well. I think it's a lot better than number two, just because it had, you know, Sam Neill and Laura Dern in there and some of the characters from the first film. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm looking forward to the next one, bringing those people all back just tied to that first movie. But yeah, Jurassic Park, number one. All right. Hit me with your number one.
0: I'm, I'm interested to see if you've seen this or not.
1: Really? Uh, For a number
0: one? Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite movie of the 90s. This, ooh, this would give my overall favorite movies of all time. This would take a run at number one. I don't know if it'd get there, but it would, it would be in the running. Let me think of a good quote. Uh, this movie is highly quotable, too. Uh, Effing Quintana, that creep can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert dude. What do you mean? He's a pederast. What's a pederast? He exposed himself to blind people. <laughs> I got um, clue, man. Okay, I'll give you another quote then. If you don't get this one, you won't get it. Okay. Uh eff it, dude. Let's go bowling. Okay, you obviously have never seen The Big Lebowski.
1: I've seen it once.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, so at least you've seen it.
1: Yeah, I've seen it once, and that was – I just – I don't know. just didn't connect with me, as some some people have.
0: Uh, that gets watched, I don't know, four times a year by me. Really? If not more. Yeah. <laughs> wow. From beginning to end, on purpose, not just, hey, I come in and it's on. No, this is – put it in, it's time to watch Big Lebowski. It's this time for the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges, best role ever. John Goodman, certainly my favorite role of his ever. I don't know if it's his best role ever. Steve Buscemi, he's in it. Uh,
1: Torturo, he's in it. Yeah,
0: John, yes, as Jesus.
1: Jesus, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's right. I can't. I can't quote that line on the show. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Careful. Uh, Smokey, uh, I don't know it. It's a, it's a comedy. It's almost surreal. It's a stoner movie. It's yeah.
1: It's a it's, lot of everything.
0: It is a lot of everything. Dark,
1: dark comedy. I guess dark is what comedy. Would call it's it. Yeah. from
0: the Cohen brothers. People who are familiar with the Cohen brothers. It's a perfect example of their work. It's why I like the Cohen brothers. It's what introduced me to the Cohen brothers. Uh, Bunny gets kidnapped and the dude has to handle the ransom drop-off and his buddy John Goodman goes with him and causes all kinds of trouble. And uh, the whole movie is spent with the dude running from people. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I guess why I like it so much is the dude shares my sense of humor, or maybe I get a lot of my sense of humor from him when they put his head in the toilet and they pull the bowling ball out of his bag, say, what's this? And he says, obviously you're not a golfer. Just that type of humor just connects with me so hard, you know,
1: yeah, kind of sarcastic, you know whatever, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I can't, wish I could
0: can't give it enough praise it's It's five stars for me all day long it's uh, like i it's on the short list. I would have a hard time picking between three movies in my head to be my favorite all time, but this is one of those three
1: when did that come out what year
0: ninety okay 98 it was probably
1: i don't know years it was years after it was released before i ended up watching it i think i it might have been a netflix rental back when we were still getting the discs <laughs> um just to say i've watched it basically it just
0: yes 98 march 6th 1998 uh, 98. You know, I told you about the theater we used to go. It was a small town theater. Well, in the next town down was our first really nice theater that had ever been around here, the Cinema. It opened. That was the first movie shown at Cinema. Oh, was cool. The Big Lebowski. So it opened in '98. So it helps me date that easily too. Okay. Well, that's Matter our of time. fact. That's yeah. also when U.S. Marshals comes out because they opened this theater. It had six theaters but they only opened two of them while the other were under construction and opening weekend was the big Lebowski and U S marshals. Matter of fact, ain't it funny how nostalgia Mm -hmm. works that you can can remember (laughs) the details. It's
1: it's always tied to like where you were, you know, location wise and, and all that, that you can remember stuff like that. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, that was our top 10. What do you want to do from here? Do you want to zip through our 11 through 20 real quick?
0: Uh, some stuff it just missed the cutoff on the top ten, so people don't think we're just totally missing some great movies. Uh, outside of my top, right outside the top ten, I got JFK, Boogie Nights, The Green Mile, Groundhog Day that we talked about, uh, Terminator Two, Toy Story, Reservoir Dogs, The Mummy, etc., etc., etc.
1: Yep, uh, some of mine, Jumanji, A Few Good Men. I've probably watched that on cable more than. I've seen it, like, you know, regular DVD or streaming or whatever. It was just on all the time on, like, TNT. Uh, Jerry Maguire, T2, Wayne's World, Austin Powers, Shawshank Redemption. That should be in my top Um, ten.
0: Should be mine, too. Like you say, it must not have been put in the rotation by flick Mm -hmm. chart enough for me to see.
1: Clear and Present Danger was
0: my number 20. Um. Okay, Unseen. <laughs> oh, let me click on this list here. How do I find it? Unranked and Unseen? Uh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. There's
1: not too, I don't think there's too many egregious ones on here. Well, what have you got on your
0: egregious list?
1: Uh, I'm just going to start from the top. Seven.
0: That's number one that's given me, too. Okay. And for people who are not familiar, FlickChart will give you this list of movies that are not on your flick charter that you have clicked that you haven't seen. And it'll list them for you based on combined ratings of other users. So it's telling Jason and I both that seven with Brad Pitt, and Morgan Freeman is the highest ranked nineties movie that we have not seen.
1: It says it's the number 28 all time.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that too.
1: Number two for me is the professional.
0: I've got the matrix at my number two spot.
1: Okay. Jean Renault, Natalie Portman, Gary
0: Oldman. Uh, American History X, number three for me. Well, that's all the way down at number nine for me, so I've missed some other good ones. Okay. Uh, the Usual Suspects at number three. Oh, you, that, you need to resolve that, man. We're going to. We can't Dude, say please. how or why, but you know we're, I'm <laughs> going to. Uh, uh, Schindler's List. 12 Monkeys. American Beauty.
1: Miller's Crossing. You never seen American Beauty? No. I've seen that once and it was in the theater. And we were like, okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> Here's probably the most egregious from most people's perspective. Well, besides The Matrix. I'm sure most people get on me for not seeing The Matrix. Uh, the Lion King ranks in at number eight too, but Braveheart, number 12. Really? Never yeah. seen
1: Braveheart? That's, that's one that I know a lot of people just would love and probably put in their top ten all the time.
0: Right. But that's why I've, I'm saying it for most people for me not to have seen it, that's
1: yeah, weird. I've I've seen it maybe twice, and that was just good enough for me. Uh a couple more for me, Miller's Crossing, train spotting, clerks. Never seen the uh those Kevin Smith ones. Mm. I did see I think I did see Chasing Amy. One of those early ones, but that's not, not on mine. Army of Darkness. We talked about that <laughs> last week. Not seeing those.
0: Well, so not too many Nash. bad things on our list, I don't think.
1: Uh, farther Down, Being John Malkovich. Never seen that. Die Hard with a Vengeance.
0: Dazed and Confused. You've not seen Dazed and Confused? I don't. I, apparently not. Wow. I didn't know. That's why I was asking. Have you actually not seen it or did it just not come up on your list yet?
1: Well, it's it's on here, and I don't remember anything about it, just from oh clips goodness. and stuff.
0: Nope, I have not seen that. Hmm, I might have to make you a deal at some point for me to watch The Matrix and you to watch Days and Confused in okay. the same week, and we can talk about them on the podcast or something. Days and Confused is a super great movie from the early 90s. Uh,
1: another one on here... Being in the Halloween season. I've seen parts of it, but I've never just sat down and started watching it.
0: The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm kind of in the same vein, but my oldest daughter it's her favorite movie, so I've seen really? enough of it with and it's being on with her watching it that it, it looks good. I really need to sit down and watch the whole thing because I've really enjoyed and been interested in the parts that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I need to watch it. But do you yeah. you watch it at Halloween or do you watch it at Christmas on the because what I've seen, it, it would work for both. It really would. I, I would almost feel so. it as more of a Christmas movie myself. Just from what I've seen, I would think of it more of a Christmas movie.
1: I don't know. We'll put that one to our listeners. I'll ask her what she thinks.
0: Okay. That's
1: that's it, man. Yeah. The Matrix, Usual Suspects, and then, what for me? Dazed and Confused? hmm trying to think there was one in the 80s that I was egregious for. Anyway. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, we've got we got some plans. We got yeah. some plans.
0: Big so. plans, big plans. <laughs> <laughs>